Welcome to Cars Yeah, show 104. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm very excited to introduce a special guest, Keith Oster. Keith, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. All right. It's great to have you here. Awesome to be here. (laughs) Well, thank you. Keith Oster is a lifelong car guy whose first word was actually truck, if you ask his mom. He's one of the fortunate few who is proud to be making his hobby a business by helping to build VintageWheels.com, a classic car search engine. At Vintage Wheels, Keith focuses on growing the business by attracting users and developing product improvements. Although Porsches are his first love, Keith is truly a fan of anything with a motor, from VW Synchros to Buick Grand Nationals. He travels to car events around the country, from Pikes Peak to Pebble Beach, and enjoys meeting auto enthusiasts everywhere he goes. So Keith, I've told our listeners a little about you. Would you please take a moment and share some more about your history, your business, your interests, and of course your passion for automobiles? Absolutely. Well, first off, thank you very much for having me. You're Mark. welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah. You know, as, as you mentioned, I've really just kind of always been into cars. Like you said, my first word was truck. When I was a little kid and my parents, we would go on road trips. I would basically point out trucks as we were driving down the road in that, in that little kid voice when that's the only thing that you can say. So that word is, you know, basically all that you have. And for <laughs> me, that was truck. Great. And I was fortunate enough to grow up in the San Francisco Bay Area and have some awesome, you know, car sites and car events near me, like Laguna Seca and Pebble Beach. I've gone to the Concordia Legance for the past 16 years, minus right. one year. So really, really, really proud of that. So it's a pretty big tradition in my family now. And as I was growing up, my parents kind of noticed that I was really into cars. So they definitely nurtured this love of cars in me. They always had cool cars. They would kind of let me help figure out what they were going to get next, and I would help their friends figure out what they were going to get next. So I kind of became known for this as a little kid, you know, 10, 10 or 12 years old, helping these adults figure out which, which car they were going to get next. <laughs> Very cool. I collected models, I collected road and tracks, car and drivers, you know, any kind of car publication poster, anything like that, I, I, I had them all. And then when Google Reader came about, which sadly now it's dead, <laughs> I got really into reading about cars on Google Reader. And spent 
probably the better part of two or three years just reading about cars on the internet. I read tens of thousands of articles about cars and really just kind of started to take my hobby a little bit more seriously and try to absorb as much knowledge as, as I could. And this got to the point to when I was in high school. I grew up in the, in the East Bay of San Francisco Bay Area, and there's an awesome auto museum there called the Black Hawk Auto Museum. I don't know if you've been to it. Yes, I have, and we had the director of the Black Hawk Museum here on Cars Yeah, Tim McGrain, last month. So you can go back and listen to his interview. So when I was in high school, they had started this program. I don't even know if it's still around, or basically high school kids with an interest in cars could become kind of volunteer docents there. So, of course, I jumped at that opportunity and went through the training and pretty much spent a couple of days a week hanging out at the Black Hawk Auto Museum. Nice. The museum is huge. They have a wonderful collection. You should definitely go check it out, anybody who hasn't seen it. And I spent tons of time just wandering around there, talking to the curators, talking to the people who maintain the cars and learning about these cars with a little bit more of an academic bent than I had before. You know, that kind of led to possibly thinking like, hey, I might be able to do something along the lines of, of cars for a career. Worked at a couple of technology companies and long story short, started working at Vintage Wheels, which is a search engine for vintage and classic cars. But we can talk a little bit more about that later. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, we had Tim McGrain on Cars, yeah, uh, about, I think it was last month. And I haven't been to the museum in a long time, but what a fabulous place for you to get to hang out, as you say, because it's like a dream world there with the... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it was... Like, I don't even... There were maybe eight or ten other kids in the program, and nobody had the interest that I did. I was probably way into it, um, way, way more so than any of the other kids. The museum doesn't get a lot of visitors because it's kind of out there. Mm-hmm. So I just spent a lot of time in high school hanging out around, around you know, Ford GTs and Porsche 917s and crazy custom-bodied Hispanic Suizas and Cadillacs. It was, it was wonderful. Well, plus the environment there, the architecture of the building itself is a, an amazing facility. And you yeah. combine that with all the vehicles and how they're lit. It, it really is a spectacular place. And I'll, I'll let all the Cars Yeah listeners know, if you're up in the Bay Area, it is worth a drive across the bridge and over to that museum, uh, hands yeah. down. You've got to go do it. just started hosting Cars and Coffee there as well. Oh, you know, last even, Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Even better. And you can sign up to get their emails and their notice, notifications as well. But that's a side note. Let's talk a little bit more about you, Keith. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start the show with a success quote or a, a mantra that you live by, something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Keith, take the wheel. Sure. Well, my success quote is, you make your own luck. And I'm not exactly sure where I heard this quote for the first time, but I've heard it repeated many times throughout my life. And it's really simple, but I think that it means a lot. And basically, the way that I interpret it is you got to give it a try. Whatever it is, go for it. You know, send that email, make that phone call, do what you can to make what you want to happen. It's not going to happen if you just kind of sit there and say, I really want to do this. You actually have to get out and do it. I'm a big fan of that saying that. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's the old adage that Nike was so famous for, just do it, but just mm-hmm. getting out there and doing it. And you're a great example of that because you reached out to me, you found Cars Yeah, you gave me a call and said, hey, I'd like to be a guest on your show and talk a little about what about what I'm doing. And here we are a week later and you're on the show and it's a, a great example of that 
success quote in your life. Are there other ways that you've incorporated that into your business and what you're doing now with vintage wheels? Yeah, I would I would absolutely say that there are other ways. So the story of kind of how I came to be working at at Vintage Wheels is is a little bit of an interesting one, and I guess that we can just dive into this now. Yeah, go ahead and share it. Sure. So I was working on my own idea for a classic car search engine, and the way that I came to that idea is a friend of mine had asked me to find a Jaguar E-Type for him. So I looked on the normal places. I looked at Hemmings, eBay, you know, Auto Trader Classics, everything like that, and I felt like I had found a lot of cars, but I didn't really feel like I had enough cars to show him what was out there for him to make an informed decision on what to buy. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself that, you know, there's, there's got to be a way to look at all the cars on the internet and just, you know, compare them all equally. After some searching, found out that there wasn't a way. So I set out to build it. And I would say that me deciding to build this classic car search engine was a way that I was able to incorporate the quote, you make your own luck into my life. <laughs> it was something that I had wanted. It was something that I had thought that other people might want. So I went for it. And after about a month of working on it, I came across this little website called tailpipe.co, which was my idea, except way better than I could have done it. You know, the, the guys who built tailpipe.co obviously had much more of a background in engineering and web development than I did. So I was at first really discouraged. And so I had about a day and a half of freaking out and thinking, <laughs> you know, what, what am I going to do with my life? I just spent all this time and, you know, learning how to build this thing, and it's just never going to be up to snuff, and these guys are just going to blow me out of the water. So after getting over myself and with a little bit of encouragement from my girlfriend, <laughs> I emailed them. And I sent them this crazy email that was something, something to the effect of, hey, I'm working on the same thing. You know, here's my background. Here's my resume. We should talk. And they responded. They said that they had gotten a ton of positive press from the site. Um, it was actually posted to, to Jalopnik. And the site was actually kind of just a, uh, a project for them. They were a couple of guys who used to work at Etsy, the really big vintage goods marketplace based in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. They were trying to figure out what their next move was, figured a couple of them were car guys, they might try to do something with cars. So they kind of hacked this thing together, and it took off. And then you know, I had found them, sent them this crazy email. I started working with them on a contract basis. After two months of work, we rebranded as Vintage Wheels, launched the site a couple of months ago, and now we have over 100,000 cars from all over the world on the site, you know, cars that nobody would have seen unless they were going to all these individual websites. So we think it's a great place for both browsing and buying cars. Well, I love so many pieces of what you just shared with me in so many ways. One was so many people, when they try to start their own business, they go out there and they think, oh, this is a new, fresh idea. They get working on it, and then they find somebody else who's already done it. And like you said, you freak out. You go, oh, it's already been done. Mm -hmm. I look at it a little bit differently. It's just validation that your idea is a good idea. Exactly. You can do it differently. You can tweak it some. You can change it some. You can do it better. And why not? There were coffee shops long before Starbucks came along. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there were hamburger joints long before Dave came along. I think that's another great piece of it. The other one was that you reached out to somebody who is doing it, and now you're working with them. And so many people would never even think to do that. And even better, the people you reached out to saw a skill set and a light on in your head and didn't just say, well, don't bug me, kid. We're already we're already on our way. They saw a good, talented team member that they could add to their team and bring some enthusiasm. So what a great story. I really love that. Thanks for sharing that. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? I know your first word was truck, and you sat in that back seat and said, Mommy, Daddy, truck, truck, truck. But could you tell us about that pivotal moment in your life that you can remember when you really knew you were a car guy? Absolutely. Well, as you had mentioned, you know, I've kind of always been a car guy, so it was, not, it was not some great realization that I had at the age of 15 or something like that. It's kind of always been there. But mm-hmm. um, I would say that that moment... You know, affected me when I basically decided to take it from a hobby and try to make it into a profession. Uh, and when yeah. I first started working with Jason and the rest of the guys over at Vintage Wheels, they were really big into doing market research. So they kind of devised this project for me to do. We called it 20 Cars, 20 People. And so we had narrowed down a list of 20 cars that we thought kind of represent our, our target market. So, you know, classic 60s Mustang, an E30 M3, you know, Land Cruiser FJs normal classic cars that you think about when when you think about cool classic cars and they told me to kind of go out find those people talk to them about their love for classic cars and why in particular they like that model hmm. okay it was a cool project and i did it um and it took a while and there was this one guy in particular named johnny who uh, runs an alfa romeo repair shop here in san francisco in the neighborhood of north beach and i wander in there and i'm talking to him Right. Well, I, I wander in there and I can't really see anyone. You know, all these people working, they didn't take any note that I was there. So I kind of announced my presence. And Johnny's this big guy and he kind of walks over and he looks at me like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, <laughs> there are all these tourists walking around like, I don't want to deal with you. Yeah. So I introduce myself. I tell him that we're working on a classic car search engine and I want to do some research on someone with an Alfa Romeo. Would he mind talking to me? He warms up. We're talking. I ask him about why he likes Alfa Romeos, you know, what, what he thinks about them, how he got into them, all that. And as our conversation progresses, we stop talking about him when we start talking about Vintage Wheels, the project that I'm working on. It was kind of a pivotal moment because my goal was to talk to him and learn about you know, his love for Alfa Romeos and how he got into it. And all he wanted to do was learn about what we were doing. Oh, nice. So basically what that made me realize is we were working on something valuable here. Um, and if this one guy thought it was valuable, other people must think that it was valuable too. Yeah. Well, I love a lot of pieces of what you shared there, but one of them is... So many people, when they start a business, they don't think about their true customer. And I know that it sounds like your partners there, your teammates there are big into the marketing research and so forth, but creating that avatar, if you will, mm-hmm. of who your listener is. And in your case, that avatar has a similarity with cars. Yeah, it's an automotive enthusiast, somebody who's passionate about automobiles and wants to learn more about it. And I think that's fantastic. What you've done there is you've went out, found some avatars, and now you know who you need to go after. And I spent the weekend playing on your your website and looking at all the toys I would love to buy, the new cars, Mm -hmm. the old cars, I should say. And uh, you've done a fantastic job. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So, Keith, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and, and really crawl under the hood and maybe get our hands a little dirty. Would you share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced somewhere along your career path but more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it? Sure. I would say that a huge challenge is kind of getting to where I am now, working on a project, dealing with a subject, subject that I love and a problem that I want to help solve, you know, helping people find the classic car that they really like. Mm-hmm. And the whole process of getting to where I was is kind of an interesting one. I started out, I've always liked startup companies and technology companies, and as you know, those are very boom and bust. Mm-hmm. And in my short career thus far, I've had quite a few busts and not really a boom. Mm-hmm. So about six months ago, I felt really discouraged. And I was like, you know, what am I going to do? I don't want to go get a job at some 
startup company here in San Francisco. I really want it to be something that I really care about doing. I've always been, for better or worse, a really bad faker. <laughs> so I really need to be invested in in what I'm working on. I think that I think that's called being an honest person. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear. Yeah. That thing that kind of really got me going was this idea called Panel Gap, which was my classic car search engine that I had first come up with. And then that eventually, you know, getting me introduced to the guys who were working on Tailpipe, us working together and, the, and then rebranding that product as Vintage Wheels. That was a really big challenge which with a lot of things that needed to go right to get there. And, you know, through a combination of kind of hard work, luck, and timing, it happened. Can you think of uh, one thing in, in particular that was a, a big obstacle that you had to overcome that really almost stopped the whole thing flat? I would say probably my own fear uh, yeah. of just, you know, when you say you're going to start a business, especially being a guy in their, in their 20s here in San Francisco, everybody's like, oh, yeah, sure, wonderful. <laughs> everybody's doing Every, that. Everybody's doing it's that. It's like the waiters in Los Angeles. They're all Exactly. Actors. I'm trying to be an actor. So kind of getting over that fear and not being afraid to share what I was working on with other people, but at the same time really trying to hone it and make it better and you know, make any connections that I could. And then eventually kind of taking the leap of faith and putting myself out there to, to reach out to the guys at Vintage Wheels, that took a lot of fear to overcome. Sure. Well, fear is the great acronym, false evidence assumed real. <laughs> that uh, fear I hear is over and over a constant challenge for entrepreneurs. Just, oh, what if it, the what ifs, the what ifs, the what ifs, and overcoming that fear is such a key element in moving forward and just, and really expecting failure have a, a a friend used to say failure is not an option. Well, that, that may be true in the Marine Corps or mm-hmm. at war, but failure is a great teacher. And if you're afraid of failure, there are so many things you're not going to do. Mm-hmm. You just won't do it. So it's great that you uh, faced that fear, overcame it, and now you get to uh, have some fun in feel that you're so passionate about. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd like to talk about an aha moment. A time that you realized that an idea or concept you had was, you know, this really is going to make it. And tell us the steps you took to turning that aha moment into a success. Sure. Well, let's say it was kind of a combination of a couple of aha moments. As I had mentioned, a friend of mine asked me to help him find an E-type. And I had a, kind of a lot of trouble helping him find an E-type. I was looking at all these websites, Hemming, eBay, things like that, finding lots of cars that didn't feel like I had a good enough list of cars to show him. And I started talking to other people. I talked to a guy who had a Dodge Challenger and kind of asked him how he found his car. And he told me that it took him the better part of two years looking on websites and forums. And he kept binders and everything was all organized. And I said, well, what if there was a website where you could search for you know, all the Dodge Challengers in the country and look at every piece of inventory that was out there? He's like, that would be amazing. So after he told me that and after my own research, I kind of figured I might be onto something here. So like I said, I started working on it. And then I found this website called Tailpipe um, that was built by these Etsy guys who are now my colleagues. And that was a big point of validation. I basically realized after I got over my own fear of the fact that they were doing something a lot better than I could, was that if they thought that it was worth figuring out, and these guys have a background in you know building websites and building web-based products, then it must be something that's worth figuring out. It must be a big enough problem that it needs addressing. Oh, um, sure. So that was... You know, kind of a combination of a bunch of little aha moments that I sure. think led to where we are now. But it was very kind of gratifying. Something you said there that brings an idea to mind, and perhaps you guys have thought of this, but I'll throw it out there. 
You mentioned this gentleman who was looking for a car had binders and so forth. Do you have a place at Vintage Wheels where somebody can join and then build their own resource directory within your website? So they have, in essence, their own little maybe page of pictures of cars they found, notes and things, car sales. Have you have you thought about that? Yeah. So right now we have accounts. So you can you know, log into the website and get an account, and then you can search for cars and save those searches. Perfect. So basically what will happen is you, know, you can look at your saved searches, and then you get an email every week with the new cars that qualify for your save searches. So if you're looking Perfect. for a 911 between, you know, 65 and 70, less than 50 grand, every time we get a new one of those, you get that email every week. That shows you which new cars fit your parameters. Perfect. What was your proudest entrepreneurial slash business slash career moment to date? Well, I'm still pretty young. I'm in my mid-20s, so I haven't had a ton of crap moments. But like I said before, I've always been really interested in startup companies and technology companies. And there's a program out there called Techstars, which is a startup accelerator based in Boulder, where I used to live. And then they have all these little franchises all over the country and the world. And I wanted to work for Techstars you know, the second after I heard about them. I just thought it was cool, a good experience. Basically, they take about 10 to 12 small technology companies, give them a little bit of funding, lots of mentorship, and it's kind of boot camp for startup companies. Mm. So I eventually got a job with them in Seattle and helped to run the program up there. And it was a really valuable experience. I learned a ton in a really short amount of time, only about four months, and I saw lots of very quick failures. So going back to what you mentioned about learning from failures, when you're working on a tech company, it's kind of this weird balancing act between trying to build something that people think that they need and trying to attract people to a product that you think that they need. Mm -hmm. And I saw lots of tech companies do that in a very short amount of time and saw lots of very quick failures and then quick pivots, you know, just kind of getting that experience, making those connections, seeing these people put their heart and soul into something, have it fail, pick themselves up and try it again was absolutely awesome. Let's have a little fun here. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you had with that vehicle. Sure. So my first really special car was actually a hand-me-down. It was my dad's 996-911. He got it in the year 2000. uh, So it's not technically vintage yet. And I just thought it was the coolest car I'd ever seen. I was 12 at the time, and, you know, we went to the dealership to pick it up. And it wasn't even my car, and I had a smile on my face that I don't think was erased for about a a week and a half. (laughs) I used to just sit in the car in the garage. I loved the thing. And he kind of lost interest in it over time, and I did not lose interest in it. And he was a really trusting guy, and I was a pretty responsible kid. So I put about 25,000 miles on the car from the age of about 15 on. I learned to drive stick on the car when I still have my learner's permit. Oh, what fun. And, um, you know, drove it around from the age of 16 on and took it on road trips, drove it up the coast. And my girlfriend and I would go on trips in it and just learning how to handle a car like that at such a young age and all the respect that comes with having a car like that, that, you know, has a, the engine in the back and it's a stick shift and has that much power, I think was a really awesome experience and really kind of cemented my love for cars and my respect for cars. So you pinch yourself often for having that experience, right? I do. I do. Okay. Yeah, no, it's super, super lucky <laughs> oh, um, to man. kind of be in that situation and then have a, have a dad who was so trusting with his, with his kid, with his car. Oh, yeah. And my, my, my colleague, Jason, at Vintage Wheels, he has a 1980 and i11 SC Targa that I drive when I'm in Brooklyn. And just kind of comparing that car to a car built 20 years later a few generations down the road, worlds of difference. Like they're both wonderful cars, but they're they're so different. 
Right. Yeah, Porsche is interesting in that respect. I've had a lot of 911s over the years, and they're all kind of the same. You get in them, and you feel like you're at home, but they're mm-hmm. just all different, too. Yeah. There's just advancements and, and movements forward, and they just keep doing that with every generation. It's a fun thing about 911. It's one of those cars, along with maybe the Mustang, that has uh, kind of stayed the same over the years in some respect, and some people will probably slap me for saying that about the Mustang, but it's kind of been the same kind of car throughout the years, and especially now they've gone back to their roots. But the 911, it's a 911, and it has been since 1965. So Yeah, I would, I would certainly agree with that, with the exception of the Mustang, too. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, we'll skip that generation. We can skip that, though. <laughs> we'll just pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> How about seller's remorse? I know you're a young man, and maybe this doesn't even fit quite yet into your life, but has there been a vehicle that you had that you sold you really wish you could have back? Yes. I had a WRX ah, when, yes. I, when, I, when I was 16. I loved that car. It was really cool. I took really good care of it, and then I sold it when I went to college because I didn't think that I needed a car, and that was a really stupid reason. And I totally regret it. It was such a cool car. I really wish that I had it now because all of them now are kind of chopped up and they have all these crazy mods on it. Mine had a couple of suspension things done to it, but it was really stock and, you know, really reliable and a really good performer. So I really regret that I sold it. Yeah. How about projects? Are you working on anything right now that really has you excited and fired up? As far as cars, you know, constantly kind of searching for what's next. I think it's going to be a vintage SUV, a, a Range Rover Classic or an old G-Wagon. Uh, you know, one, one of those things is what I really want to get. But I live in San Francisco, so owning a classic car is an interesting conundrum here. <laughs> Absolutely. How about a vintage wheels? Uh, are there any new projects, new things you can share right now with our listeners that you guys are working on? Yeah, absolutely. So as I had mentioned, we have accounts where you can save your searches, and they get emails about those saved searches every week with new inventory that matches your choices. But beyond that, we're trying to incorporate some more social features into the site. We just launched a blog, which has 50 articles on it now, so you guys should go check that out. Lots of cool stuff, interesting stuff from interesting contributors from all over the world. So we're just kind of trying to get the word out there, make our website a place where classic and vintage car fans can come and find their next project, talk to other people, read articles, learn stuff, teach other people stuff by commenting in the blog, things like that. Oh, sounds fun. Now, here's a fun question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? That is a fun question. I did some thinking about this, and I think that I would be a Volkswagen Synchro van, which is kind of a weird choice considering that I really like Porsches and things like that. But I guess they're all cousins. But the VW Synchro was basically the Volkswagen van with an all-wheel drive system. And they only imported a couple of thousand of them here to the States, really valuable. And I just love them. I love them because they can go anywhere, they can do anything. And I've done a lot of that you know, kind of through my life. I've, I've moved a lot. I've tried a lot of different things. Um, and I've always been able to kind of make it work wherever I am. Mm-hmm. So I think that if I were to be a car, it would definitely be one of those cool old synchro vans. And you know, when you see one parked on the street, unless you're a really big car guy, you can walk by it and just think, oh, that's a crappy old Volkswagen van. That, <laughs> you don't realize that, how special it is. He lives in. Exactly, but yeah. they're really special. Oh, I like that. Great answer. Love it. Okay, Keith, we're entering the last lap, and this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you buckled up and ready to go? Yep. All right. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? 
the best auto, automotive advice that I've ever received is that car guys are nice. Car guys are nice. <laughs> when I when I first, it sounds really simple and kind of stupid, but there is a story behind it. Uh-huh. When I first started working with the guys at Vintage Wheels, and I was kind of doing this this twenty cars, twenty people experiment that I had talked about earlier, I went to a small show in San Jose, just south of San Francisco, and I was kind of sheepishly talking to this guy about you know what we were working on and what I was trying to do, and he he kind of stopped me. He said, "He's like, hey, is this like is this a project that you that you want to make happen?" I said, "Yeah, absolutely." And he said, "Then have some confidence about it." You know, talk to people. You know, no, no, everybody here is just a car guy. They just want to talk about cars as much as you do. So if you have a product or you're working on something that you think might make their life easier and you want to talk to them about their car, you shouldn't feel shy about that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Great advice. Great advice. Glad you ran into him. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Absolutely. I would say that a personal habit is just go for it. Send that crazy email. Make that phone call go up to that person, if you kind of have a hunch that if you did this one extra thing, it might take you farther, whatever area of life you're trying to pursue, just do it, to use your Nike quote from before. Yeah, today is uh, Cars Yeah 100th episode, and your example, Keith, is a, a great example for this. I was at the Works Reunion event down at the Pebble Beach weekend with you back in August, and there stood Magnus Walker, who's a pretty famous guy in the Porsche world for you and I who love Porsches. Yep. He was being talked to by lots of people, and so I decided, you know what, I'm going to walk up and see if he'll be a guest. He, I may be a nobody to him, but maybe he'll say yes. Walked up, he said, sounds interesting, and he was my 100th guest on Cars Yeah this morning. So That's awesome. Yeah, just take that leap of faith and go up and be excited about what you're doing and share it with others and... uh so that's a, a great attribute to what you're you're doing there at Vintage Wheels and you as a person. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners? Perhaps it's a website other than Vintage Wheels that you're really fond of? I really like Bring a Trailer. I think that they have a really awesome concept. They have lots of cool cars. They have a really engaged community of people who help other users figure out you know, what's good about the cars, where they should look, things like that. Um, and they always have awesome stuff on there. So I love Bring a Trailer. I do too. And Randy Nonnenberg has been a guest here on Cars Yeah and uh, shared with us some background of that website and what they're doing. And now they have an auction that they do every week. So they Yeah, added, they launched that over the summer, yeah, I believe. Yeah, added another element to their show. So they've done some great things. Love, love Bring a Trailer. I think your site's going to be my next favorite site for reminding me of all the vehicles out there I can't have quite yet. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Would you share a book that you perhaps recently read or even a book from your past with our listeners that you think is worth reading? Yeah, absolutely. The only book that I've read more than once, and I've read it probably four or five times, is Into the Wild, mm. a book by John Krakauer, and it's really short. They made a movie out of it, and before the book, there was a pretty long article in Outside Magazine, probably about 20 years ago now. And it's just a really interesting book about this kid who kind of drops everything and decides to go into the wild and figure out kind of what makes him tick. So whenever I'm looking for inspiration or I don't really know what to do next, I'll kind of read that book quick it's maybe 200 pages or whatever and it gets me energized about what i'm doing yeah it is a great book i've had it on my library shelf for many many years and it is one of those books that kind of get you re-energized to take that step go out there and be adventurous and just do something different exactly you never know what you'll see so great uh, great resource and i'll remind our listeners that you can find all these resources that keith has shared with us today at carsyacom slash keith oster and his last name is o-s-t-e-r do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars, Keith? I used to live in Colorado. Basically moved there to be a ski bum right after college. So <laughs> uh, 
I would say skiing and anything in the outdoors. Yep. Whenever I can get out of San Francisco. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, you've got the Sierra Nevadas nearby there, and uh, of course, um, Lake Tahoe and that area was some great skiing. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, so you know what that means. We're coming up yep. to the end of our discussion, and this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and money's no object, so today I'm going to buy you whatever you want, but you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. You're going to have to keep it. What would that vehicle be and why? See, I really like that you threw in that last caveat, because otherwise <laughs> I would have automatically said, like, a know, GTO, a yeah. I could sell for $50 million. Yeah, bucks. no, sorry. That's, uh, you, can't have, you can't deal with that little trick. Yeah, yeah. So you've, you've obviously thought of this before. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but so for my you know, one car that I could have, I wouldn't stray too far from a GTO. Growing up, I had a poster in my room of vintage Ferrari coupes, and I don't even remember the other cars on the poster, but the one that always stuck out to me was a 1958. Ferrari 250 GT Tour de France in blue with a silver stripe. That stripe that kind of went over the front of the car and over the back of the car. Yeah. And I just loved it. I thought that it was cooler looking than the Ferraris from the 60s. It had the little fins on the on, on, on the rear end, which made it look weirdly like an American car from the 50s. It just, for whatever reason, it just did it for me. And I've always liked that car and would one day, hopefully, like to have one. The TDFs are beautiful cars, a very unique styling and design, but uh, yeah, very classic too. And of course, the V12s in those cars were fantastic as well. Absolutely. Well, Keith, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've loved your stories and learning more about this new venture with vintage wheels. It sounds really exciting. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and with the listeners today. Would you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Ferrari Tour de France? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, first off, thanks a lot for having me. Really appreciate my time here. You're welcome. But as far as some parting words, I would say given my lack of life experience, I don't have a ton of wisdom to bestow upon, bestow upon your listeners. Just to say that I found the most success in my life by sticking to what I know and what I love and taking risks based on that. So with this new ven- venture, Vintage Wheels, you know, yeah, there were a lot of risks involved and a lot of unknown and a lot of unknowns. But you know, when it comes back to it, it's a car thing. I'm a car guy, so I can do cars all day long. I love what you're sharing with us there is is take a chance and follow what you know and what you're passionate about. And that's what Cars Yeah is all about. Would you let our listeners know what's the best way for them to learn more about Vintage Wheels? Absolutely. Vintagewheels.com is where you can look at all the cars. And then we have links up there to our blog, which has a lot of cool materials. Or you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Well, again, listeners, you can find everything we've talked about here today at carsyeah.com slash Keith Oster. Keith, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences and your stories with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Sounds great. Thanks, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.